everyone. I'm Autumn Leva. I'm the Senior Vice President of Strategy with Family Policy Alliance. Thank you so much for joining us today. Um, and I'd like to introduce our President and CEO, Mr. Craig DeRoche, who will be joining me. And we're going to talk today about Pride Month because we all know that June kicks off Pride Month and it's that time where we can expect to see businesses tripping all over themselves to get their their flag, their pride flag up in the window first, their pride ads online first. Um, and we're used to sort of just being inundated with that. And then parents, of course, have to ha- have to talk about how to deal with that with their kids. Um, but I wonder, I wonder this month if there might be uh, something different going on. I wonder if businesses are still going to be doing that in light of the Bud Light controversy that we've seen. And now with Target starting to feel the heat because, you know, Target, uh, Craig, their their prime market is moms who go on their beloved Target run. And Target is now, of course, and they, they've been doing this for a while. But this year, it seems like there's been an extra layer of just offensiveness to women with with advertising tuck friendly women's swimsuits designed to hide male body parts um, so that ma- males can wear female swimsuits, too. It's just really, really in your face, very offensive to women. It's not a pro-women thing to do. So I wonder, I wonder, Craig, what do you think? Do you think businesses are going to be waving the pride flag loudly this year or will will we see something different? Well, there's definitely a lot of them that are rethinking uh, the uh, gusto and the enthusiasm that they have for this. First of all, Autumn, as you and I both know, pride is a character flaw. You know, it would be like the United States having something called Greed Month or Lust Month or Sloth or Envy Month. It's a it's a horrible character trait for us to uh, pour energy into. And and I think the results are uh, in the recoiling of the American public uh, with Bud Light and, and Target has only be, just begun to answer your question specifically. It's offensive to me. It's offensive to my family. I have three daughters and a and a wife. Um you know, could you imagine that this type of stereotyping of women by men uh, in America occurring of any other cult type of cultural appropriation? It, it would be like saying that uh, we ce- celebrate Black History Month and so we have a discount on fried chicken or, or watermelons or other um, uh, uh, old, outdated and, and just horrifying stereotypes of a culture or a race. Um, people would uh, push back if, if, if they were uh, offering discounts on on blackface, you know, or, or something like that to stereotype a different race. But here we have uh, men uh, stereotyping women with the way that they dress um, and with mocking behavior. And we've seen that with the Bud Light commercials, a, a man dressed as a woman uh, in a bathtub with the Bud Light. Um, and that caused $5 billion worth of damage. Women saw through that immediately. They they said, wait a second, you've been mocking us, making us weigh 30 pounds less than we should in scantily clad bikinis for, for 100 years of marketing. You never thought highly of us. And this is what you think of us now, that a man can mock us uh, in, a, in a swimsuit, stereotype our behavior, and you're going to promote them over accomplished women that might enjoy a beer after work or with their friends. Uh, it, it's horrifying what these corporations are doing, Autumn. Yeah, I agree. I agree completely. And especially with Target, they're just really missing the mark on who their audience is um, and really rubbing it in women's women's faces. And I, I think and we're starting to see that we see some reports coming in with with Target stock value and everything coming in that they're starting to feel the heat as well. Um, but Craig, I also think there's another aspect to transgender extremism 
that we see across the country. And it's it's kind of a hot issue right now. And that is the issue of drag queens and not just drag queens and adult performances. It, typically, those were um, adult performances that were zoned out. They were supposed to be held at adult only establishments. But in the past several years, what we're seeing is this phenomenon called Drag Queen Story Hour. I'm sure you've heard of it. It's been a, a kind of cultural phenomenon. And honestly, Craig, if you had told me that when I was in high school that my adult career as a lawyer, I would be having to explain to other adults why an adult performance of drag queens coming in and reading to children and doing performances for children is inappropriate, I would not have believed you. In fact, when I first heard about Drag Queen Story Hour, it was, it was several years ago now, and I, I thought it was a joke. I thought my teen was pulling a prank on me. But of course, we know it's very serious. And I just think I, I'm a mom of two little girls. And I think if 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 anyone wants to come in and do some type of sexualized performance or sexual themed um, content or programming for my children, I'm going to have a problem with that. I don't care whether it's drag queens or if there's male stripper story hour or pole dancer story hour, I'm not okay with that as a mom. Um, Craig, I know you've got three girls as well. How do you feel about this and this sort of drag queen story hour cultural phenomenon? Well, it's really on two levels, you know, that that we're dealing with here, Autumn, in, in my opinion. One is the sexuality of it. And, and this is an excuse by people. Uh, we have a lot of laws already in the books about uh, pedophilia, uh, sexualization of children, access of children to pornography and sexualized content. We do that for a reason. Uh, adults have um, been um, abusing and uh, pursuing children uh, and, and trying to sexualize them or participate in sexual activity. Even teachers are arrested every year in America for this. And we do that for a good reason to protect our children from being sexualized before they reach adulthood and can make consensual decisions on their own. And this is a, a, a workaround uh, that is being done by a particular class of people to sexualize our children and, and, and to put this in their face. But as I said with your last question, the second part of this, it is a horrible, condescending, stereotyping and mockery of women as this overly sexualized creature by men. Um, if, if we had a story hour of people mimicking or mocking the stereotypes of uh, Asian people, Oriental people, African-American people, Native American people, uh, um, the, the public would be outraged, outraged. It, it, it wouldn't last a second. But here where, where people say they can mock women as a gender and stereotype them, that's OK. And then they go the extra step of saying we're going to mock women. As a man, I'm going to mock a woman and stereotype her horribly with stereotypical dress, and I'm going to present women as only being good for the overly sexualized behavior of, of uh, lap dances and rubbing up against things and, and, and all the rest of this stuff. So it's it's really one of the most shocking uh, uh, cultural, um, uh, really deplorable things that, that you could imagine that's happening. And what's amazing is there's an entire political party and movement here in America that is defending this overtly. And it shows just how, how um, far the culture has gone in America. And it, it's a blessing that the parents are pushing back against Target and Bud Light in corporate America today. Well said, Craig. That's that's exactly right. It's, it's extremely offensive. And I think, you know, a lot of people don't know this, but in the 60s, 
drag queen culture really became a statement about pushing back and defying and um, being offensive, as you said, Craig, towards uh, the the values and the mores of the middle class in middle America. That's that's kind of what that became a statement against, too. So this is just really um, targeting and offensive to a lot of people. And it's mind boggling to me that the woke mob thinks that they can line up behind this phenomenon of drag queen story hour and think that the rest of America is going to go along with them on that. And I think what we're seeing with with Bud Light and Target um, and some of the backlash that we've seen on on drag queen story hour rising up from parents really um, is a pushback to that. So I think that's exactly right. Um, But I I have to mention, and this has been in the news a a lot too, uh, even baseball is not safe from drag. Uh, Many of you probably heard about the the LA Dodgers deciding that on their pride night, because of course they're one of the entities that wants to um, line up behind the LGBT causes for pride night and have their own pride night. And what they decided to do, Craig, is award this group, this drag group called the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence with a community service award. And of course, um, for those who don't know, I have to I have to list out a few things. This group is not just drag but it's specifically designed to mock the Christian faith and Catholics specifically. Um, I'm not Catholic. I am Christian and I am very offended by this, not even being Catholic. So I have to, I have to share with you a few things, Craig, that they do as part of their performances. And keep in mind, everybody, that, that the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence are receiving a community service award. So this is what they do in their performances. They have carried a cross on which they have then performed a pole dance. They have done prizes for the hottest confessions at a San Diego gay bar. Their tagline is go forth and sin some more. And then uh, finally, they have tricked a priest into giving them the Eucharist so that they could defile it. So highly, highly offensive and inappropriate things. And uh, before before I kick it over to you to respond to this, Craig, and how crazy it is that they're receiving this community service award, um, they also describe themselves as exposing the forces of bigotry. Um, so they see themselves as these culture warriors and claim to be tearing down bigotry, when of course what they're doing is exposing their own bigotry against Christians and Catholics in, in particular. It's really horrendous. Have you heard about this, Craig? You know, I just just been hearing about it recently and it's indicative of the culture that has lost sight of the progress that we've made in trying to treat people equally that every human being is supposed to count every human life from conception through natural death is endowed in 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 um in the imagi day that that uh, uh created in the image of god himself and and each of us is equal and to mock or degrade people is something that our country has struggled with for a long time the Brooklyn Dodgers overcame the color barrier in 1947 after 1876 is when Major League Baseball was started. They wouldn't let black people play until 1947. They have a proud legacy of breaking through that. Now, later, the their successor, the Los Angeles Dodgers, it is destroying that progress of, of, of treating people equally by, by making a mockery of, of Christians, of, of Catholics, of women. Uh, um, with the with the sexualized content and and they're celebrating this form of uh, of stereotyping uh, cultural appropriation and hate and and uh, bigotry and they're putting it on stage and they're elevating that and using their platform as an organization to do this. 
um, look, folks, um, we need to find our inner me, too. That wasn't that long ago in 2018. Women still have a long way to go uh, uh, for equal pay and equal treatment. Women are horribly discriminated against in, in the way and the manner in which they're treated as equals in our culture. And so are African-Americans and Asian-Americans and so many others. Our work needs to be done. And here on the left, we have this concerted effort of mocking and stereotyping other cultures and other genders. And it's being promoted in corporate America with tens of millions, hundreds of millions of dollars, and with corporate advertising, many, many billions of dollars. And again, I think Americans, um, thank God that Americans have moved past our, uh, uh, these, these dark uh, uh, periods where we had segregation, where we, we treated women. As I said, there's still work to be done with African-Americans there's still work to be done with women, but we, we've gained a lot of ground. And people are seeing this just innately in our hearts that this is an attack on the civil rights of the people that we've been fighting for for nearly 250 years to live up to those high-minded words in our Declaration of Independence that everyone is created equal, Autumn. And this is an affront to it. I, I, I am very thankful that it's not really a coordinated um, uh, uh, you know, a Christian boycott or anything else. It's, it, it's just America recoiling from this bigotry and hate, and it's costing these corporations billions of dollars. I would imagine the Los Angeles Dodgers are not far behind. And I think that this entire movement is going to be looked at as a, as again, unfortunately, one of the darker stains uh, on America as we progress toward that day. Uh, the arc of ju justice, you know, the arc of time bends toward justice. Uh, we're, we're, we're bending toward it, but it sure is hard autumn for us as a culture to get there. And, and these are just examples of the rot that we need to work through before we can get to equality in our great country. We are so glad you're enjoying Conversations with Craig. Your experience doesn't have to stop here. To stay connected with other listeners, hear about current events affecting your family, and to share pictures and videos with your friends, follow Family Policy Alliance on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Check out the links in the show notes, and we'll see you online. That was really, really beautifully said, Craig. And I seriously, I hope that the Dodgers are watching this because I think that what you said was so beautiful and they need to be reminded of their own history here. Um, and they're not getting the message. They're, they're definitely not feeling the heat like Bud Light has apparently because what they, what they did was they were going to give this community service award to the sisters of perpetual indulgence. There was a lot of backlash, understandably, Craig, like you said, that America just sort of roiling against this because they see how terrible this is. They felt the heat. So they, uninvited the sisters of perpetual indulgence was which of course was the right call and then a bunch of the lgbt groups started backlashing and saying well we, we're going to pull ourselves from the pride event at the dodger stadium altogether um, and so then now they've reinstated the sisters of perpetual indulgence with the with the reward so they are not getting the message i truly hope that they watch this um there's there's one other aspect of of drag that's kind of going on right now that i wanted to mention that I think is is important, and that is um, Hollywood is lining up behind this drag phenomenon and transgender extremism as well. So just recently, um, members of Hollywood superstars, they lined up to help drag queens and, and drag queens came along uh, to help as well. 
And what they did was they held a four-hour telethon, Craig, four hours, where they raised over half a million dollars. And that money is directly going to oppose the work that Family Policy Alliance and our alliance of state-based family policy councils who are on the front lines fighting for family values, fighting for what the things that you're de describing, Craig, for justice, for equality, for women, um, for the dignity of women that's being affronted by this drag culture every day. So over half a million dollars in four hours going to national groups that oppose the work that we do standing for values every day that we're blessed to do because of the support of, of folks like you and uh, many other families who have supported us throughout our legacy. Um, so this is this is very, very troubling. Um, and I think, Craig, we want to just humbly ask for your help and your support, because if they're able to raise half a million dollars in four hours, we have to be able to do that as well. We have to be able to respond because what we're doing, um, for those who don't know, is that we've been able to work with the state family policy councils, others um, on something called Help Not Harm this year. And that is legislation that we've modeled that protects children from transgender extremism by preventing the medical professionals that kids should be able to trust from providing them with experimental drugs, cross-sex hormones, and even the irreversible surgeries that can forever alter their bodies, all before they have even reached the age of 18. So Craig, as you know, that that is now law in 16 states and counting. Um, we went from, from one or two or three states just in the last year now to 16. So that's another response to America agreeing with us and saying, we have to stop this. These kids are at risk. Um, they shouldn't be a, a exposed to drag performances and sexualized content. And above and beyond all else, they really, they should not have their bodies altered by this dangerous ideology. Um, so this is, this is a, a shameless plug to help Family Policy Alliance and the State Family Policy Council allies that we work with every day on this issue. Don't you agree, Craig? Well, listen, folks, um, if you're at home and you're frustrated, you're hearing about these things and you say, I, I wish there was a civil rights organization that fought for the rights of women and children and families. What about our civil rights? What about the civil rights of Christians? Well, that's who you're listening to right now. We are the leaders. We're the organizers of the social conservative movement in America. We have 40 state organizations. Uh, we have uh, more than 300 employees in those organizations, 50,000 churches organized, more than $50 million a year. And, and, and But you know what? That is barely enough for us to have this slingshot when we're up against uh, um, Goliath here. They've raised a half a million dollars in four hours. We need your support. We need you to, to think about uh, helping us push back if we're to be successful. We're gaining ground. As, as Otto pointed out, we passed this legislation save rural sports and, and and that's taken off in more than 20 states more than a dozen now with help not harm uh, we we fight for the civil rights of people yet more uh with our after row campaigns but we need you to get behind us we need we need this infrastructure we know that the left-wing groups are coordinated by george soros and, and and just billions of dollars of funding and if you want the right of center the 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 conservative social conservative groups uh, to be able to succeed in protecting your family, protecting your children, protecting women's civil rights. We need your help now. So we hope that you'll consider us in your gifts and your ties and in your support as we had in the 2024. We're already blessed. We're growing uh, uh, in a very positive way. And, and uh, uh, we are ready. We're out there in the arena. Uh, we're we're, we're uh, facing the bullets and, and, and the attacks every day uh, on your behalf. But we need your support and we thank you for your consideration. Amen. 
Um, and so I'd, I'd like to end. I know this has been a pretty heavy, heavy topic with talking about transgender extreme and extremism and the different ways it shows up in our nation. Um, but I want to conclude with a few action steps that I think might be helpful if you're wondering, what can we do? Um, so Craig has already said one of those things. Please partner with us. The drag queens in Hollywood raised half a million dollars in four hours. We're trying to raise half a million dollars in a month. Um, so we hope that you'll come alongside us. Please visit FamilyPolicyAlliance.com uh, because we're trying to counter what, what the drag queen culture is doing in our nation every single day. And we do need your help. Secondly, so many parents, we hear from parents every single month about drag queen story hour is coming to my local library. It's coming to my kid's school. It's coming to uh, a community organization in my local town. Um, what we're trying to help those folks do is expose whether any public funding is going towards those events and to speak out against them. Because a lot of times it's just the silence of people who don't know what to say. They don't know how to counter it. Um, and, and, and when we speak up, that can actually make a difference. It can stop the drag queen story hours for coming. We've seen that time and time again across the states with our allies working on this. So please don't be afraid to speak up. We can help equip you with that. If you need talking points, visit our website, familypolicyalliance.com. Reach out to us. There's a contact button on there if you need some help or talking points. We are happy to come alongside uh, alongside you and help. As I mentioned, we're exposing public funding. So if you come across that, please expose that to your local community as well. Um, we're working with our allies to do that. In fact, some of those 40 state family policy councils I mentioned who we work with, what they have done is, is really remarkable this year. This is the first time they've ever taken on uh, the drag issue and tried to address it from a public policy standpoint. So I want to share a few good wins with you. And if your state doesn't have one of these laws, I encourage you to partner with your state family policy council and try to usher that in. So Arkansas, they just prohibited public taxpayer funding for adult performances, including drag, and they prohibited adult performances, including minors at all. They can't be present. So Arkansas did a great job, a family council out there, great work. Florida, North Dakota, and Tennessee, they just made it a crime for minors to be present at adult performances like drag. Um, so they, they kind of even went an extra uh, above and beyond there. Um, so I know there were bills in other states that haven't made it across the finish line yet. Again, please partner with your family council on that. Um, and then more broadly, we are working to stop the, the sexualization and transgender extremism on children's bodies, saving girls' sports, please come alongside those efforts as well. Um, and then the final thing I'll mention, especially as we're heading into Pride Month in a way that you can um, be equipped and get involved, take action, is tune in next time when we have, have a video up for you or a podcast up for you. We are going to be talking about how parents can address the issue of transgender extremism and drag with their kids and how to talk about that, how to handle that. Um, we, we get questions from parents like that every single week. Um, so we would love to um, tune in with you again. So please check that out. Thank you for joining us today. I know it was a heavy topic, but um, as we headed into Pride Month, we just wanted to make sure that you all knew what was going on around the country. So thank you so much. God bless you. Brought to you by Family Policy Alliance. Our vision is a nation where God is honored, religious freedom flourishes, families thrive, and life is cherished.